0: Podcasting from anywhere other than a jail cell, this is Soberholic, a podcast created to encourage, equip, and inspire you to overcome your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome to Soberholic Podcast, where we believe that recovery is for every person, every day, every minute, every you, person, every minute, every day. You, you got it right the second time. I don't get I was thinking congratulations. <laughs> you got it wrong. I have no idea. Yeah. So, I got a question for you. Okay, do you ever come home from the podcast and you're just done talking because we just sat up here and talked, <laughs> talked our heads off? I should probably say yes, but honestly, no. I, I don't have a problem. With that. S- sometimes I'll get home and I'll be kind of quiet because I've been, well, I've been talking all day too. But uh, like, I feel like I have like a maximum number of words. I mean it's a lot. Right. It's a ton of words that I have for each day allotted, but sometimes when I I hit that I hit that maximum word limit and I'm I'm just done. So my wife will sometimes be like, "What well, is, is is everything okay? Are you okay?" cuz it's not normal for me to to hit that limit, right. but every once in a while I do. And when I do, it is it's i'm just cut off and i can't talk anymore
1: i do get what you're talking about because like there's times i'll just detach from everything yeah i'm I'm just just, i I can't give you my concentration about anything i don't care how important it is yeah
0: but uh and i could see from her her perspective like why it's kind of scary like he's quiet what there is something (laughs) wrong wrong. because man i talk her ear (laughs) off i'm sorry i apologize
1: Honey boo boo bear. Honey
0: boo boo. I talk your ear off all the time, and she she listens. Yeah. So it's it's the roles is, is kind of reversed in our marriage. I'm the I'm the
1: talker. See, I wouldn't think that by looking at y'all and talking to y'all.
0: I mean, she talks a lot too. We talk a lot, but you know, I'm I'll dominate most of the time as far as the just. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. So so she gets a word in whenever you get a breath. Sometimes,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Got gotcha. you.
0: But anyway, doing another podcast today. What are we talking about today? Triggers. I Triggers. I think that's what we're going to talk not about. Not chiggers. <laughs>
1: yeah. Big difference. I, I think well, I have one, one of those there? actually in my back. I was telling my wife. People, half the people don't know what a trigger is. It's a little <laughs> bug that bites you, and man, it itches bad. But if dude, you're if from the, talking about bugs.
0: If you're from the south, then you know what a oh, trigger yeah. is. And a trigger is kind of similar. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Not really. You could stretch it.
1: I, oh yeah, you can talk about my segways. Yours is pretty bad here. <laughs> <laughs> well, a trigger gets in there and burrows in. Yeah, a trigger causes happens. problems. Yeah, see? No, no, yeah, no. yeah. Uh-huh. You're working on it. Yeah, you get it there. We'll get there eventually. You're a master manipulator. <laughs> huh? That sounds, sounds like you've got a past in some of no. this. <laughs> yeah.
0: So triggers, yeah, it's a big one for for folks in recovery. It's uh just uh. You know, in my own life, I mean, I didn't had not even ever heard of the word trigger, you know, until I was kind of well on into recovery. You know, um, I had been sober a while before even somebody even brought up the word. And uh, when they started talking about it, I was like, that's what those things are. I've, I know what those things are. I just didn't know what the name of it was. And I, I didn't really know how knowing about it, you know, could help me avoid them
1: and and stays sober. Well, I can tell you this is what happened to me. I'll paint the picture for you again if I if I can. This past Saturday, I began. Well, this started before then, but this past Saturday, I started cruising around to tattoo shops because I was wanting a tattoo. And my wife says I'm going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> maybe I am. I don't know. I don't think that I am. Have you bought a Harley, yet? No, I have. I, I got one head, dude. That'd be kind of hard to do you the can, throttle. I, I'd I mean, go around in circles the whole time. I'm sure you could figure it out. You <laughs> play guitar. Wondering. You can ride a motorcycle. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we could make it work. But I've never gave that much thought. I'd kill myself on one. To be honest, I don't. You know, I'm kind of extremist with everything. So speed would not work for me. Mm. But we were, um, so I'm not, i don't think I'm going through a midlife crisis, but I do want a tattoo and it was partially to cover up an old one. And so I was going and talking to a lot of different people. Now, keep in mind, I have not had a tattoo in over 15 years. In fact, I've not had a tattoo since I've been sober mm. and all my other tattoos, which I've got, I don't know, three or four or something, all of them, like I've been hammered when I went in to mm-hmm. get one, like one of them, I don't even know that I got it was that oh, bad. Wow. I mean, I, I literally woke up <laughs> with it the next day. I had no clue it was on there. Wow. So I went in and I was getting prices from people. And at about four different shops, three of them recommended that I take a shot of whiskey or maybe a tap. And for a guy like me, I'm like, nah, nah. I said that don't work for me because when I do that, that I'm going to come out of here and hang out, out of here in handcuffs, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind, you don't do anything. You yeah. know, we kind of joked about it, and that's usually how I always deter that conversation. But, um, it it got me thinking because today at 12 o'clock, I went and started my first session on this tattoo. It's a multi session tattoo, never had that before. But about halfway through this tattoo, there were some tender parts, and I started thinking. Maybe a drink would be okay, you know, just to get through the tattoo, to get through the you know, the, the pain that I'm having with it. And so that thought started creeping back in the, into my head. And that's a scary place to be, you know. Mm. Um, And it, it kind of led me to talking to you about some of this, um, the triggers and, and the portion of triggers, because I was certainly at a point to where I thought about using. And, and probably our listeners, maybe all of our listeners don't know this, it's because when I first got sober from drugs and alcohol, I thought that the rest of my life was going to be like those first 30 days where it was like white knuckling, trying to stay sober the whole time. But then I realized after, I don't remember exactly the day that it happened, but you know, a year or two years down the road, I wasn't even really thinking about drinking and drugging anymore. Right. And now at 15 years clean, it's been a long, long time since I actually gave some thought to doing it but today i gave some serious thought about yeah maybe i'll take a lord tap yeah maybe i'll take a drink
0: yeah and i mean uh, for me whenever i do occasionally have those thoughts i don't beat myself up over it because i know that's my struggle you know that's what i struggle with right. and you know i can't i can't always totally prevent those thoughts from coming into my mind but what I can control is how i respond to them. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how to deal with some of these triggers. I know one for me is um, that I've kind of dealt with um, here recently in the last few years is just I have a little back issue and my back will go down every once in a while. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty painful. And, you know, I mean, I've had thoughts of, you know, a nice pain pill. You know, it would really help right now. Right, um, and anybody in my situation would probably just be taking them. But, um, but I've I've made it through. You know, I didn't hadn't went and filled a prescription for pain meds or every time I go to the doctor, I tell the doctor I'm a recovering addict, and you know, I don't want any, I don't want any of that stuff. If if I can survive without it, I don't need it. I bet you know? they give
1: you the prescription anyway, don't they?
0: They tried. There was one time where they tried they just gave it to me and, you know, I just tore it up and threw it away and never got it filled or whatever. So
1: I've always been told, you tell your doctor that you're struggling yep. with drugs and alcohol. And I've always done that. I've never been ashamed of that. In fact, in some ways, I'm even proud to be able to say to, to say that without shame today. It's mm-hmm. kinda weird to say that. Yeah. But, um but every one of my t- not everyone, but most of the time when I say that, they will still write me the prescription. Prescription, because they said they can't phone in narcotics. So they said, just take it. Don't fill it unless you unless you need it, right? And you are like, did you hear what I said? I know. Yes. I mean, I am like, so this is. <laughs> I mean, I am not trying to pass blame, but no. you know, it, it shows that the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The doctors and all really don't understand addiction like they should. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I'm sure it's
0: coming a long way now with, with the epidemic and there's probably a lot more training that they're getting and all that stuff. I don't want to badmouth them by no
1: means. Um, But you know, it's just, it's funny how you see that because some people don't understand those triggers. Yeah. But yeah, triggers are are something that I have. a. It's something I believe I always will face. And sometimes they're, um, more glaring than other times like for me today it was a pretty glaring time you know yeah. it was like wow it's right in my face and i'm actually giving some thought to this yeah in the past i could have been in the same situation and maybe not really given any thought sure so i think that we can talk about some some things about triggers today and one of them is just identifying personal triggers yep and have you ever really thought about your your personal triggers? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I know my number one personal trigger and that's depression. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's the number one for me. Um whenever I get to a certain level of being depressed in the past, I've always relapsed. And so being able to identify that way ahead of time before i get you know start going down um that that long dark hallway of depression you know i've got to catch myself way before then and then you know that's where having a recovery network recovery support team accountability sponsor building that all around you i feel i feel safe enough now today in my recovery where There would be a lot of people saying, hey, what's going on? Way before I would ever reach that point. Um, So that's
1: my number one uh, trigger for me. Well, I could name a lot of different ones. I mean, you could say going to the bar to play pool. Yeah, you're not really going to be doing that. <laughs> I mean, it may start out that way, but yeah. eventually when you see your friends drinking, you know, it, that's a trigger when mm-hmm. you see the people you used to drink with, why can't I have one too and, and fall back into that. But more specifically to me, like lately with the food, because that's the thing I've been working on here lately is, you know, it's, it's not smart for me to go to a buffet. And I know that probably shouldn't even have to be said, but I know that I'm going to eat regardless what I do. I, I've got to eat, but I don't have to go eat it at a buffet. Yeah. So if if I have a buffet that's got this huge monstrous meal of desserts and all this, I'm going to stop. I mean, I literally have no willpower. I mean, it does <laughs> not work. So I can't go there. Yeah. And also, it doesn't have to be a buffet. It could be like just the simple places. You know, maybe a place that that serves desserts that I like, or just a real unhealthy option that I like. I need to pick somewhere else to go. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. And I mean, as far as I'm still working on identifying. The, what I'm kind of struggling with right now personally is some anger issues and I'm still kind of working on identifying what those what is it exactly that can trigger my anger and I've, I've identified one of them and that's just being tired you know being you know not getting enough sleep that definitely um you know forces that that issue that i'm struggling with up but yeah i mean just i mean the whole knowing is half the battle saying i think it definitely applies here and i think it 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 is worth saying that you know whatever your struggle is whatever your habit or your hurt or whatever your addiction may be you know it's not just drugs and alcohol that have triggers other things you can you know your trigger can be something that you know, like you were talking about food or anger or depression or anxiety and identifying those triggers and knowing about them. I mean, that that's just the first step that you need to do is identify those things.
1: You know, even like for someone who struggles with codependency, we've talked about that on the show before. You know, you see someone – Maybe that you're in a relationship with or whatever, and you see that person hurting, well then you feel like you've got to go fix that person, mm-hmm. you know. And so that in itself is a trigger just to see someone else, you know, hurting in some way or another. It's okay to let them be where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not up to me or you to go make their life better. Right. You know, sometimes we may play a part in that, but you know, it's we can't just fall into that every time we see a hurting person.
0: Right. And then if if you know that, then when you see a hurting person, you'll you'll start to eventually train yourself to to say, okay, this is one of my triggers. How do I need to respond to this? That brings us into our next uh, point, and that's to have a plan. So you identify them, but then you have a plan on how to deal with them. And, uh, you know, one of the best ways, I think, is talking it out with somebody. And once you've identified a trigger and once you experience that trigger, then you need to call somebody and talk to somebody. And that's where having a, a support team of, of accountability partners, a sponsor, um, you know, those those type of relationships with people you can really trust. That's when you get to use them. And that's when you are really using the tools of, of recovery.
1: Yeah. I mean, today for me is a perfect example. I couldn't get hold of my sponsor. So I talked to you just briefly on the phone because I, I didn't feel like it was like a dire situation, but I did talk about it almost telling myself mm-hmm. so that, you know, this is what's going on. And even just through that little bit of conversation you and, you and I had earlier, I felt better with it, but to come here and even talk about this topic. It really brings a lot of healing to me tonight to to know that I haven't I haven't arrived yet. I haven't put it all together and mastered this recovery thing. And even though it's been, you know, some years since I've drank or drugged, I still go through struggles. And this is the reason I still believe that I'm in recovery. You know, I didn't graduate out of recovery. This is a day to day thing for me.
0: Oh yeah. And I mean, you know, there's other ways too. You your plan can include if you have a trigger, well, then I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to go to a meeting, um, whatever kind of meeting it is that, that you prefer, or, or even, you know, stopping and praying, which we've talked about before. Um, you know, is always the last thing <laughs> that I end up doing a lot of times. But, um, you know, just stopping and praying and, and, and asking God to give you the power and the strength to uh, turn away from that t- t- temptation.
1: A lot of these tools that we talk about are repetitive. We're, yeah. we're not like reinventing new things to give our listeners to every week. But even you know, if you've got the time, depending on where you're at. Gratitude lists are great things to do because it refocuses where your attention's at. Mm -hmm. Usually if there's a trigger in front of me, my mind goes towards that trigger. What's happening? For me, it was what was being said to me in that tattoo shop today. It was what was being played on the radio in that tattoo shop today. It was the atmosphere I was in. All of those things led to me saying, eh, maybe it's a good idea to use. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I didn't say, hang on, man, let me finish writing my gratitude list while you're tapping my back. Right, yeah. But um, there are times you may be faced with that, especially depending on the the struggle you're dealing with, that you can literally sit down and, like for me, had I been at home and this happened, I could begin writing the things I'm grateful for down mm-hmm. and just see how far God's brought me. And so you know, and I tell my sponsees all the time, you know, call me. And if you want to use after we get done, then go use. You know, that's, right. that's fine. Because I, usually you can show them the progress they've made and is it worth throwing it all away. And I know it's not that simple, but, you know, it helps refocus.
0: Oh, yeah. Problem shared is a problem cut in half. I, I totally believe in that. And telling on yourself, man, there's a huge – it just diffuses the whole situation. But picking up that phone can be really hard sometimes. And, uh, you know, that's why you just – if you, if you do have a sponsor, then you should call them, and you should just call them regularly. That way, whenever you do have a trigger, it's not weird to call your sponsor. Right. Um, and I think another thing that goes under having a plan is, you know, I have I have plans for, for, for strange things that, you know, normal people don't think about. Like uh, uh, Dakota has your number, and she has a couple other numbers, phone numbers. I said, if I'm ever in a car wreck, and i wake up and i'm on pain medicine like here's what you need to do you know if i'm ever in a car wreck or you know whatever i have a medical emergency or whatever you need to call my sponsor and you know and then y'all need to get a plan going so um you have to make you have to think about things differently when you're in recovery to protect yourself um from a relapse, so well,
1: even like a a, a of mine, we were talking, and he he's been dealing with food issues like myself. And I told him the first thing you need to do because this is like a new struggle that he's worked with. And I was like, well, the first thing you, you've got to identify what it looks like for you. What does recovery for you with a food struggle mm-hmm. look like? And that was part of the plan we've discussed. Is what does that even look like? Because mm-hmm. you have to eat, and and other than the struggles we're talking about, there's different. I don't know. Level, they look different for different yeah. people. And so in order to be able to follow the plan, you got to know the plan. What, what is, what does it even look like for recovery for you? Mm-hmm. And you got to know that from the beginning before the trigger comes.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, um, next one is taking care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself and you got to know what self care. No, yeah. I just, I just don't like that word. I don't know why it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> There's something about that word that I just don't like the phrase anyway, I'm getting <laughs> off of there. Um, I just like taking care of yourself. Just say taking care of yourself. It's, it's been around better, for huh? for thousands of years. Yeah. yeah, anyway, taking care of yourself, you got to take care of yourself to because if you don't, then you're just going to bring on more triggers to yourself. So we've talked about this before on the show, and that's the whole concept of halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you find yourself restless, irritable, discontent, you know, and you start having thoughts of, of, you know, acting out and whatever your addiction or, or habit is, you got to ask yourself, have, am I hungry? Have I eaten anything today?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, but let, then that one gets tricky. But let me, like today, going back to the whole tattoo again. You know what I ate today? An apple an apple yeah that is not me like that is not me at all and so I find myself I'm starving right now well, we're gonna go eat after this but yeah. um you know that that very well could be one of the reasons when I was faced with some of the, the thoughts I had was because I was hungry
0: yeah I mean you turn into Danny DeVito like in the Snickers commercial you know <laughs> turn, turn into a diva That's it. but uh and then angry I mean You know, that can be a huge trigger in acting out on whatever your habit or hang up or addiction is, Um, you know, especially, you know, I mean, that's probably one of the just the most visceral, just, you know, just heightened emotions that that I, I experience is anger. And I mean, I can you can make rash decisions when you're angry. And so I think that's a huge, you know, trigger for a lot of people is experiencing anger because most of the time anger is against somebody else. You know, you've been wronged in some way. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody, you feel like somebody's betrayed you. And then what do you think you think? I'm going to go show them.
1: I think you've told me before it was, it's resentment turned inward? Turned inward. I think you've said it that way before because this is something I guess anybody listening to this that maybe have kids or even a wife or a husband, if you're on the other side of that is that for example, there's been times that I've picked my kids up and I've just, you know, maybe from school and I'm tired, picking them up. It's been a long day. I don't want to deal with this. And, and so like, I, I find myself snapping at them you know, and yelling yeah. at them and it's because I'm just, I'm angry because I'm, I'm tired. You yeah. know, it's just, so I'm like, you know, I, or maybe it's because I got into an argument with someone else, and but I, I use that argument to take out on my kids because yeah. they just become my beating post. Right. And I don't believe any of us want to do that. And so we could use this halt thing to even say, even if you don't know what your issue is, you can still use it in practical everyday life. Yeah. And then
0: the next one's lonely, and that's a huge one. Um, Man, you know, you, sometimes – That was the main fuel for my fire in in my addiction was uh, for so long, I was like, if everybody would just leave me alone, I'd be okay. And then everybody did leave me alone. And then I was like, wait a minute, this now it's even worse. Nobody likes me. Yeah, nobody likes me. So now I'm going to just, you know, uh,
1: be even worse off than I ever was. Well, loneliness and depression kind of go hand in hand because you usually want to withdraw, but that doesn't always mean that you withdraw You're depressed if you withdraw. I mean, I've been depressed in a room full of people. Oh, yeah. But, you know, normally I will retreat to myself to some sort of isolation. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm by myself lonely, all that negative thinking starts in my head. And I begin to be, you know, the judge and the juror in my head. Mm -hmm. And I believe everything that's going on. And before it's over with, the best option for me is to go out and do my thing again.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The loneliness... uh it is it, it, it a lot of these they can just snowball on each other and then just turn into like a a, a full-blown hurricane uh, and then the last one is tired you know uh this one was a big one for me because i i kind of struggle from time to time with with sleep issues uh not being able to be i'm a extremely light sleeper extremely light and um you know so i will if i were i irritable or discontent or whatever that's one of the things that's one of the first ones that i kind of ask myself is how have i been sleeping and uh you know a great way to to identify all these things is through journaling right you know um especially if you don't know why you're angry or if you don't you know know why you're lonely or, or,
1: or depressed or whatever journaling can really help identify these things my illustration probably not going to be good here, but you're talking about the whole snowball. You know The way I've kind of seen this happen in my life is if you take a car, you know sometimes you'll get a, a nail in your tire, and you can drive it for a little while with a nail in the tire. <laughs> but then eventually the tire is going to go flat, mm-hmm. and you can drive a little while on a flat tire. Yeah. But then you end up on the rim, and you really start tearing some stuff up, Sparks. and you can drive a little Blind. ways like that <laughs> yeah. until it just all seizes up and, and falls off. And that's the whole point, is not getting to that. And then it'll
0: catch on fire. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, just like all my relationships did when I was doing dope. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, taking care of yourself, you know. Now, is there is there a point to where you are being selfish and that you can go too far with taking care of yourself? I mean, you can't come home from a long day at work and – tell your your wife and your kids i need to take care of myself so i'm i can't do i can't spend time with y'all i mean i feel like there are are ways where you can be so focused on taking care of yourself where you where you really are being selfish right. but if you're not taking care of yourself at all and all you are worried about is other people then you're really not giving your best to those people you know you're really doing them a dis, your your loved ones a disservice if you're not taking care of yourself
1: well this is kind of a flip side of what we're talking about the whole halt and but after i got sober um there there's been different you know mountaintops and valleys here that i'm talking about of experiences i went through but I found that if I got sober, uh, the Lord did a lot of things in my life, and I'm blessed to have the life I had, but then I found myself becoming very overweight, and so then I wanted to say, okay, well, I need to do something about this, or I'm going to lose the life that I've been given, you know, because of my health, and so I, I began exercising more, and I've, I've noticed the more that I exercise, the less stress I carry, which in turn makes me feel better. And I'm more productive. I'm more happy because I'm just letting, I'm no doctor to let you know wh- how all that works, but I know that it helps to, to take care of physically my body. Oh
0: yeah. 10 I agree with that. I've, I've been sleeping better ever since I started back running a few months ago and I uh, feel better all around. I have more energy and uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And then uh, the last thing, Thing um, is, don't test yourself.
1: Yeah, this is kind of like going back to the whole bar thing I was talking about. Yeah, you know, saying, "Well, I'm just going to go in there and 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 I, I'm good. I haven't drank in a year, so I'm fine. I'm I'm good, and uh, I don't even really want this no more." And you go in there and. I've I've seen the same setup where people go in and they'll start uh, preaching Jesus to everybody because you know they've they've come so far in what they've done, how good God is, and and, and Amen. That's great stuff. Yeah. Don't don't let me discount oh, yeah. that. But then it's almost like, well, I can have one, and then before you know it, you're you're back on the wagon, you know, or, or back off the wagon drinking again, and all because you wanted to see how much willpower you had. Uh, for me, it, again, back to the tattoo shop because it was just fresh and we're talking about it. I didn't go in there with the idea that uh, I'm I'm big enough to be any of this. No, I mean, I actually went in there first to begin with to get quotes with another person that was in recovery. I, I talked about my wife before we kind of had a plan before I went and did it. It wasn't just like yeah, no, I'm good. I, I don't have those problems anymore. Right. You know, I I know that for me personally, then there's a lot of people who would disagree that I know I'm an addict. You know, some people well, don't call yourself that. Well, I know I am because if I forget that, I'm going to drink one.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when you, when I hear you say I'm an addict and I'll say I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic too. I mean, I feel like what I'm saying when I say that is that I cannot use a drug or a drink safely. That's all I mean. I'm not saying that's who I am as a person. I'm saying that's that that, I'm, that doesn't define me as a person.
1: To me, it's no different than a Christian saying I'm a sinner. Right. It's you know, the same that, thing. That's what it is. Yeah. It, it's a sin for me. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i probably going to shake out on the, on the bushes a little bit here and get some hate email, and that's fine. But I, I do believe that for me, I've got to know that I'm an alcoholic and addict. If not, then I will figure out a way to go drink again because I will figure out a way that I can test myself to prove that it's not going to work out.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I, and I've done this in my own recovery before is, you know, i early on. I trusted I trusted myself and I was overconfident in my recovery. And I was like, I can go wherever I want to. I can do whatever I want, hang around whatever friends I want to. And I want, relapse well that was wrong i definitely relapse so don't test yourself if you're going to go don't go somewhere where you know there's going to be a bunch of triggers around you you have to identify those first but don't go and 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 think i'm going to see how strong i am Mm -hmm. um because there's just nothing good that will come out of it one one specific example that i see a lot in in recovery especially i mean mainly with drugs and alcohol is You'll have somebody who's a say a heroin addict or opiate addict or whatever. They'll, they're in they're in rehab in rehab. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I had this conversation in the last rehab I was in, and they're talking about how they're going to drink some, a few beers when they get out of rehab or whatever. And I'm just like, but but why? Mm-hmm. Like, you have nothing right now. You have lost everything to drugs. So why are you gonna? Oh well, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm like, but okay, are we gonna really split those hairs on this? I mean, because alcohol is a drug. I mean, I I think it's a drug, mm-hmm. and you're gonna risk your whole life again just because you're you've convinced yourself that this is okay, but this isn't. And to me, it always kind of came down just just to the overconfidence. They were overconfident that I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I know I can't handle this, but I know I can handle this. That's that's one that really kinda comes to mind.
1: Yeah, and AA's big book, you know, the Book of Alcoholics Anonymous I forget, I'll paraphrase it because my first sponsor used to just rattle this off all the time. And I would deal with the whole anger issue when we talk about halt, when he would say it, but he would um, always say, Oh, you're not sure if you're an alcoholic, then you need to go try, go, go try a drink, go try it more <laughs> than once. It may be yeah. worth the case of the jitters or and, drink one beer a yeah. day for 30 days. Yeah. And so th- <laughs> what he was telling me, and, and I would tell everybody the same advice is that if you're not sure that you have a problem then try it again because you've got to know that. You've got to know without 100% certainty, if you're a drug addict like me, that you struggle with that. Not like, oh, well, I'll be okay and when I get done with this thing, I'll go back to it and it just it don't work for me that way yeah and it may work in some other areas of struggle I don't know like when it comes to food or something else I, I, I don't know yeah but when it comes with that I gotta know uh, for me
0: well ours is kind of easier because it's black and white you yeah. know I know what recovery looks like yeah from drugs and alcohol, yeah. it's not doing them.
1: And I've noticed as we work through these twelve steps with different areas, it it does look gray in a lot mm-hmm. of areas where yeah. drug and, drug addiction, um, alcohol addiction, maybe even sexual addictions are kind of black and white. You oh, kind of yeah. just know. Whereas food, codependency, grief, of course, you know, yeah. anger issues, depression, all those other things that we talk about, they're they're a little different. Oh, yeah. But you talk about how don't test yourself. I remember sitting out at an old AA meeting at a group, and there was this guy that I kind of was looking up to in his recovery. I'd hear him share in groups. And then just in small talk before the meeting, he told me about how he's been drinking these old Duels beers, the, the um. non-alcohol beers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are you for real? I mean, are this is really. I, mean, I just like the taste. I know. No. I, I didn't like the taste to begin with, but I mean, I could. Maybe somebody does like that taste, but really, does that make sense? So, no. I, I would definitely say that he was testing himself. And <laughs> yeah. needless to say, I have not seen him around right. the meetings anymore. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I know that we're all going to face triggers, uh, yes. regardless of what it is, and so it's better up front to identify them and have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, because without those two things, you're just kind of running around in circles chasing your tail. That's not a good place to be. Yeah, you're just feeling around in the dark, hoping mm-hmm. for the best, yeah. And then by taking care of ourselves, we're, we're better prepared to do those things, and by all means, don't test yourself. Yeah. I mean, that that's... That's insanity is what that yeah, is. Maybe on the verge of stupidity, um, yeah. you know, because it just it doesn't make sense. Right. Especially if you're like, maybe you or me that's done it multiple times thinking that this time is going to be different. Because it could really, it could literally be your, your life, yeah. you know, so well man i think that's another one in the books yeah. i enjoyed talking to you about this i feel better personally right now so i don't know if our listeners will but this right here is exactly what i needed for me in my recovery today so thanks for taking the time to talking to me You're welcome. Anytime. I'm always here. All right, man. (laughs) Well, if you're listening to the show, you can always get a hold of us at SoberHolicPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Give us show ideas. Give us um, anything that you'd like to talk to us about. And um, also, uh, on our webpage, SoberHolicPodcast.com, there is a resource page there that I want you to take time to look at because it may help you with some of the topics that we talk about. Leave us a review on iTunes. There you go, man. Yeah. Always could get those because those help us get out to more people. Yeah. Um, today's technology, I had no clue, but I mean, those reviews are like gold as far yeah. as getting us out to more people.
0: Yeah. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I just don't want to do that, it's actually pretty easy. In your podcast app, you just scroll to the bottom of our show and there it
1: is. Yeah. I love Leave it. It. You can just click a five star or whatever, or whatever yeah. you think we're Leave worth. a review. Yeah. yeah so All right, man. That's another one in the books. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're out of here.
0: Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.